Okay, this is Moses Allison, and you're listening to Radio 8-Ball with Andros Jones. It's just the normal noises in here. Welcome to Radio 8-Ball. Give us a shake. We're here on Feral Tempting Fate. Wherever you are, putting questions to the songs which we will randomly select here from Tom Petty's discography. And now it's time for Radio 8 Ball. Give us a shake. It's the Radio 8 Ball Show. And. Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. I'm your host, Andras Jones, and for today's musical divinations, we are engaging the catalog of the great Tom Petty, now no longer with us, but always with us because he wrote these great songs. And we've been through several musical divinations. We're down to the last three. And we are here in the studio with Paul Zolo, who wrote the book on Tom Petty and with Tom Petty to lend some integrity to our conversations. Thanks for being here, Paul. And the songs are being performed by a motley crew of not, certainly not the motley crew. Let's just say thank goodness. It might overwhelm the songs and not do them the way we'd like. But a thoroughly motley crew of some of my favorite musicians, people who are who've devoted their lives to this kind of music and to playing it and to whether it's writing it and creating it or playing it out in the world. Um, and so far, I think it's been a really, this is, li- other than, <laughs> I'm going to be self-deprecating, other than my own performance, um, it's been, it's lived up to all of my expectations. I, <laughs> But I, I, I hope that my uh, stumbling through a Radio 8 Ball show is why you tune in, because I do that every show. If you wanted a perfect radio show, you should listen to somebody else. So uh, we have, we're down to three last questions, and um, this one is about, I want to go to the band. I want to talk about the band, the Heartbreakers, because I think, to me, the key, the thing that makes Tom Petty different than any other of the great songwriters is that he did it the whole time with a group of the same people that he grew up with and even though like he'd do projects with the Wilburys or he'd do stuff solo even his solo records they were Heartbreakers records they were on there they got in there he and there there were many Heartbreakers but to me there are two who stood by his side they're in the music they uh, they to me, his songs, even though they're Tom Petty songs, the reason they're Heartbreaker songs is because of Ben Montage and Mike Campbell. And so I want to just do, basically, I want to honor those guys. Um, when this comes out, I, you know, they'll always be hurting, but I hope when this comes out that they have uh, found some peace. Right now, I can't imagine what it's like. I know what it's like to lose a friend. I know what it's like to lose a collaborator. And to lose both in the same person is a huge blow. Um, so, uh, with all respect to these two guys, I want to do some musical divinations for them. So the first one I want to do for Benmont. So I'm just looking for, we have three songs left on the board, and I want to pick a song for Benmont Tench. Either to honor him, to, to lend some comfort and peace, or maybe 
some to find some humor in it because that's part of being in a band is that we look into this stuff and we laugh and we find these crazy uh, cosmic jokes in the work that we create. So, to engage the pop oracle, Paul Zola is going to help me by picking a card, any card. Pick a card, any card. I'll pick a card, any card. Pick a card, any card. And that's song number seven, which is a song from... I hate to pick a favorite Tom Petty record because they're all my favorites, but the one that I just am so happy that he wrote a record called The Last DJ from 2002 and a song called Have Level Travel performed by Jeff Cleveland, Nate Hartwick, and Marshall Thompson on keyboards. Same thing. 
Baby, may my love travel with you always. Yeah, may my love travel with you everywhere. Baby, may my love travel with you Oh, tears in the room, my God. Yeah, that was uh, our song for, randomly chosen song for Ben Montench. Have Love, Will Travel from the last DJ record. Jeff, you know, I just, it's so funny. Both of the songs that you picked were songs that I were from records that I wanted to cover, but not the songs that I wanted you to pick. And both of them, you have helped me to fall totally in love, head over he- he- heels in love with these songs. So thank you. Well, well, this song, you know, what caught me was the, because um, I, I live for the moment. Like a lot of musicians, we live for the moment. We, we do our best every day to make our friends happy and to make our world have meaning. And we're not really looking down the road as clearly as we should. But the lines, you know, you know, and if perhaps I lose you in the smoke down the road, oh. I want you to know that you you were the one. And as a man who lives the moment, I've, with all my friends that I love that I play with, I feel that every day, like to the yeah to the point, you know. And um, this means the most to me in the world, and, and nobody had ever expressed that to me, like like Tom Petty did. Like it's like it's funny. I used to I would send I would send all my friends cards or, or, or give them books or CDs and I'd always write somewhere like in small little letters with a pen I would be like you know and if perhaps I lose you in the smoke down the road I want you to know that you were the one yeah and just for guys like us musicians like us you know that's just the, like the most meaningful kind of thing that you can give every day to your friends let them know that you know you're the you're the one that's going to make that I really loved at that time. So, uh, Paul, you know, uh, you spent a lot of time talking with Tom Petty. You wrote the book on and with Tom Petty. And uh, you must have talked about the band, about mm-hmm. particularly about Bamont. Absolutely. Anything you can share? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, this song is so perfect. I mean, it couldn't have been better. May, may my love travel with you everywhere. Benmont's love will always be on those songs. And those songs were authentic. As I said earlier, you can't fake those. That was authentic love and passion for music. And Benmont had so much love for music. And uh, Tom was just very lucky and blessed, as he said himself, that Benmont Tench and Mike Campbell just happened to be in Gainesville, Florida. Right. First time he heard Benmont was when Benmont was a kid and came into the music store and played all of Sgt. Pepper on an organ. And they thought, wow, that kid's kind of good. <laughs> but he was a kid. But took notice. Pepper, was, was that old... one of Tom's earlier albums? I'm not familiar with, with that record. Sergeant Peppers? <laughs> oh, okay. Sergeant Pepper. And when, when Ben Monk got older, you know, they got him in the band. And same thing with Mike. You know, he's, when he heard Mike, he said, this guy's just so much better than anyone I've ever heard. He's got to be in my band. And he said, Mike didn't really care too much about being in the band. But Tom was always really loyal to the band and the idea of having a band. I mean, he loved Elvis, but... He wanted to be a band. He didn't, as he told me, he didn't understand how to be a rock and roll star. But when he saw the Beatles, it showed him, ah, that's how you do it. You get a band and they're friends. And they were close friends. And uh, Benmont was very close to him. And and Tom was just endlessly uh, impressed by Benmont's amazing ability. You know, they went out and toured with Dylan. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Dylan loved the Heartbreakers. 
And just to mess with them often, Dylan on stage would throw out a song they never rehearsed and didn't even know, like an old Ink, ink Spot song. And Tom said, so none of us knew it. Of course, no one except Benmont, of course. <laughs> you couldn't throw Benmont ever. He could play anything. And it was always that way. He's not like and Marshall Thompson. Yeah, a lot yeah. like yeah. Marshall Thompson. Like <clears throat> yeah. They're just a phenomenal musician and someone that played so beautifully for the songs. I mean... All of those records are so beautifully enriched by, by his beautiful colors. And, you know, when he took solos, it was dynamic. But he was so much about those textures and those yeah. chords. And Tom was a genius with chords. But as we said earlier, they were simple chords, but used so ingeniously. And Ben might knew just exactly how to, you know, enrich those and bring them out and the voicings. I mean, they worked together like, like one guy. So like, what, like you said when Tom would do solo albums... Still, he wanted Ben Montense to play on him. Yeah. With good reason. Who wouldn't? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, to me... Benmont is like someone was talking. Uh, Morty was talking about in an earlier one about at that time the keyboard bands were Elvis Costello and Tom Petty. But if you think about the difference between Steve Naive, who is crazy and all over the place, and it's like it's fine. It's that's great for Elvis Costello. But, but Benmont tension and the Heartbreakers, what a secret weapon! Mm -hmm. You know that he defines again. Springsteen used keyboards and used the organs, but it was not no. the same. The, yeah. really, the band, we, We've too. talked about Smooth before. I mean, he is, uh, as at least as I play... This is Marshall and, Thompson, our keyboard player. Yeah, He's been playing the keyboards he, on almost all these songs. Yeah, and he's, you know, as, as, as L.A. musicians go, as, like, as somebody that's we've all talked about in here, that they are kind of the band we look up to at this point. I know Tom's died, but... Uh, ben Montench, you know, just isn't a secret weapon. I mean, he really schooled a lot of us on how to... Mm. be the keyboard production on records, you know, and play the Hammond. I mean, not, mm -hmm. not from a church standpoint, not from a uh, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer standpoint, but a, a real honest-to-God way to play the keyboards as honest as Tom Petty's lyrics were. Yeah. I think that's what made... Right, visceral, the, the real He taught thing. the rest of us that if we're trying to do music like that and be honest, it is it is kind of a soundscape for for, I think, you know centuries to come let's hope you know? yeah yeah um, and yeah. there's an elegance to his playing always right. and, a, and such beauty and i saw them in their last show sadly of course we didn't know at the time it was one week before tom died on september 25th his final show at the hollywood bowl and you can tell when tom comes out i mean we already know that he loves music but playing with those guys he got a joy out of benmont every time just like he did out of mike campbell yeah and you couldn't help it. As soon as they start playing, everyone in the place feels that. I mean, it's a joyful sound and so big. And let's not take away from Steve Ferroni and Ron Blair oh, no, and yeah, Scott no, Thurston. Yeah. No, I mean, a solid unit. I mean, that was always what it was about. And it was always about, as Tom said, you know, the, the secret. I said, what's the secret? You go out to play the Hollywood Bowl, you know, or these giant venues. You know, you're playing huge amounts, hundreds of thousands of people, you know, and how do you do it? And he says, the secret is to really have a good time. If you go out there and you get mad because the mix isn't right or something breaks, they're going to feel that. But if you're actually enjoying it, it projects and they feel it. And that's why Tom was so beloved because people did feel it. And part of the reason he had that joy, it wasn't hard when those guys started playing. You know, it was such, and Steve Ferroni had such a solid groove. I mean, famously, uh, Stan Lynch was the original drummer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Tom loved Stan Lynch and never had a problem with his musicality. The problem was that he and Stan didn't get along. Yeah. And Tom said to me, you know, I don't want to be one of those guys who's super successful and isn't happy in life. 
He wanted to come up with an equation that he could have super success at that level and still have some happiness and peace. And it wasn't working with Stan because they were always fighting. Oh, yeah. So I asked him, you know, were you fighting about the music? And he said, no, we fought about everything. We fought about lunch. Yeah. And so that was really hard. That wasn't something Tom did lightly to fire Stan. Yeah, you know, like what they're gonna have? You know, is it deli today? Maybe Mexican food? Well, I mean, his, no, his the whole. I mean, if you, I, I highly, highly <laughs> recommend that anyone who cares about Tom Petty watches the documentary "Running Down a Dream." One of the things I love about the documentary is the lengths that Tom Pe- Tom Petty is unwilling to go to to make himself look good. Like mm. he will point out that like he will shamelessly steal someone's bass player if that's going to make his band better and he will shamelessly cut someone and show up on Saturday Night Live with David Grohl as the drummer to like say to make a point that like like he's willing to be a dick and he's willing to show us that he's willing to be a dick just like to the the A&R guys in the Roger McGuinn scene like the to me, that's one of the things that I love about Tom Petty is his willingness to show himself to be to stand up and be that won't back down kind of guy mm-hmm. when it's yeah. when he's got the right thing. Right. And is also his willingness to step back and say, you know what, I was stupid about that. It's not a macho thing. That was a wrong choice. And I'm gonna show you myself be like stealing somebody's bass player because I don't want you to think that I put my like I'm some sort of holy guy on the pedestal. And um and I you know, and probably that's what engenders the uh, the loyalty that his band had with him. That yeah. when he went off and did solo things, they didn't get like, eh, you know, right. they just were like... They kind of threw him at first. Yeah. When he did Don't Come Around Here No More, <laughs> they weren't that thrilled with it, but they well, put the band on the end of that that record. Well, that's why I did Dogs on the Run, because that that is the that song, that's what they, uh, Jimmy Ivine came back and produced that mm-hmm. one, I think, on that record. And that's the one that feels like it harkens back on that record it's the one that really feels like a heartbreakers yeah, yeah, yeah. song and uh, that loyalty was genuine you know when Tom came to town they came here to LA to get a record deal not knowing how you played the game he actually just got on the phone at Ben Franks and started calling every record company not knowing you don't do that but many times he got off Ben Mont ben, Franks ben Franks yeah it's all synchronous <laughs> but uh Many times he got offered deals, or the, the, which is very common. They'd go, you know, we really love you, but the band idea, and maybe not. And they'd offer him good money to drop the band. And Tom said no. And the, the music business tradition is you step over your friends normally to get yeah. to the top. And he would not do that. No, I'm a band. And he recognized not only was his band great, he recognized he had virtuoso players, but that he was loyal to these guys. Yeah. And you feel that you know, over the years. And for him to uh, do that to Sam was tough. Probably the hardest other part of his life was when Howie... Who you're saying he stole, you know, from Del Shannon's band? Uh, he was like, he, he. I didn't say that. He said he it. admitted it. He, yeah. said, he felt guilty about I'm it. I'm taking your bass player. He loved him, as he said to me. You know, there were a lot of good bass players, but Howie was a great harmony singer. And he said, yeah. in the Heartbreakers, you got to sing your harmonies perfectly. And Howie <laughs> never missed it until Howie got too messed up on heroin, and that was probably the saddest part of Tom's life. Tell and the way he told me about it, it was really hard for him because Howie stopped. You know, stopped being productive. He didn't show up for the Echo uh, record, the record uh, photo session, and he wasn't there. And Tom tried many times. Look, you got to straighten up, but I'm going to have to fire you. And finally, he had to do that. It was really hard for him. And and, and how he died really soon after that, and that was really hard for Tom. And he told me about it one day, and it was really a dark time. He called me that night. and He said, "You know what? Can we do that over?" Because all I said was dark stuff about how he. And he was such a great guy. Let's start all over. And that said so much about Tom that he didn't want to paint just a dark portrait of this guy. He really cared about all those people, you know. And so that love, you know, that, that, that's in the song, Have Love Will Travel, that was authentic for, for, all, for all of those guys. 
Yeah, that's a great song. It's a it's a great song for bands. That's a great song from Tom Petty, and another one, just. <laughs> Spot on. How, you can go so deep in this catalog, people. How like, could, how could anybody not know that song? I'm t- but I mean, we, <laughs> where are you? But here's America? the thing: is we could all have picked eight other songs yeah. that are not right. on the greatest hits yeah. record right. that yeah, would yeah, not yeah. make a Tom Petty yeah. live set, and you would be having the same conversation. Like, yeah, right. holy crap! Last we don't, you know, like I mean, we could just go into the songs that we're not doing. I could just start listing my favorite songs that I had planned for this. That you were like, no, right, we're gonna do. Right. Have level travel instead. And mm-hmm. Thank, uh, thank you very much for doing that because it's, I love that. It's song. kind of amazing when you go through all the albums. There, uh, there is no weak material. There's yeah. no filler albums or albums when he was just disengaged at all. And well, there's so many, you don't, you don't agree. Well, I mean, I mean, I think there are records that are cha- a little bit more challenging. We're gonna get. We have one of them in the set. Uh, let, I, I, I think let me up. I've had enough. I think I've heard them talk about it, and. Well, he, that's a Bob Dylan and Tom Petty collaboration, which Damn is great. And there are, there are, you know, we pick a song. We're not going to tell you what it is. There's a song we do off that that I've re, I've sort of become reacquainted with, and I love. Uh, but I've been listening to that record. There's there's a couple of songs that someone who is a total like every song has to be a great song mm-hmm. probably wouldn't include on there. Okay, but it's but someone who just came off the road with Bob Dylan might be challenging himself as a songwriter to not give a fuck which I think is kind of what's going on in that record. But we're going to get into that record in another musical divination. We're getting ahead of ourselves. But for this question about Ben Montench, just if you're out there listening, Ben Mont, we love you. And whatever you do, we're going to keep following it because you have love and you will travel. And if we lose you in the smoke, Mm. I want you to know you're the one. That's right. Mm. Yeah. That's right. Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball on Feral Audio. If you'd like more information about the Pop Oracle, please check out our website at Radio8Ball.com, where you can find out about upcoming shows, about asking your own question on the podcast, and about our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the Pop Oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed on Radio 8 Ball. I hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. Until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio Wind Ball Show.